sourcing for innovation, making sense of the rapidly changing worlds of artificial intelligence, workforce development, and digital transformation. Sourcing for Innovation, episode 24. My name is Adam Curtis, Communications Director at Catalyte and your host. Today, we are very happy to be joined by Carl Bushing, consultant, scrum master, and agile coach at Eliasson Group, and also an esteemed Catalyte alumni. Carl, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. This is great to continue our alumni series where we get to know people like Carl, who've gone through Catalyte's training and apprenticeship program in the past. Really get a sense of that full career trajectory, you know. Uh, so why don't we start out with a little bit of background information. How did you come into the industry? Uh, how did you find Catalyte? And what are you doing now? And maybe even, you know, what are you doing to give back to those in similar situations to where you were a few years ago? Well, you know, uh, as you can tell by the gray hair, it's a long story. But I'll try and keep it brief because we need the time. Um, when I found Catalyst, Catalyte, they were Catalyst at the time. Um, I had been out of the industry for 10 years after having been in the industry. I was uh, undereducated, um, highly specialized, and uh, one day my market just evaporated out from under me. And uh, I found it very difficult, well, correction, impossible to duplicate my uh, previous salary, which was a little elevated because of my specialty in the small side of the market. Um, so I basically was left out in the cold and doing anything I could possibly do, um, and at times nothing, um, trying to find my way back. And as time went, went by, uh, my absence from the industry started becoming uh, an issue as well. So I couldn't even get an interview, let alone and I would hear things like, oh, well, you know, we don't, we don't think you would be a good fit here or um, – you know, uh, we've worked with people like you in the past and haven't had good success. And it was very discouraging. And um, when I found Catalyte, uh, I was actually working as a solicitor for a charity, and which was immensely rewarding work, not very financially uh, rewarding, however. Um, and I just stumbled across an ad on Craigslist, entry-level software developer, um, no experience necessary. <laughs> I have some experience. Great. I'm a step ahead. Yeah, this should be a piece of cake for me. And uh, so I, that was the day I met Peter Lee, right? He set up an interview real quick for me, came in and uh, took the assessment, which just blew my mind. Um, I was very convinced that, right, I'm never going to make it. And I uh, had a little conversation with Peter afterwards. And uh, he invited me to join the, the training cycle and explain the program to me. And uh, I was elated at that point uh, with just to have another opportunity and uh, not be told no for the first time in about 10 years. And in what year did you join the training cycle? Uh, I'm going to say 2010, 2011. So you were there right when yeah. Catalyte really took off at the opening of what was in our second office in Portland to support, and I have to say this contractually, a Fortune 500 sports apparel company based in Beaverton, Oregon, that really, uh, to use a corny phrase, took the company to the next level. Well, yeah, and that, that's the appropriate term. I was in a training cycle when that engagement began. And so I, I love hearing 
the stories and reading about them on their website because I know these people, right? <laughs> the guy with the dogs in the lake, right? I know him, right? If you're listening, you don't know this piece of Catalyte lore. The story goes, we sat down with the uh, product owner from this client after successfully, uh, you know, really saving her butt with the, the launch of this, this major item. And she went around the table asking everybody on the team what they did. Uh, one guy said that, yep, he, he trained dogs to chase geese off of a golf course. Um, another person said they worked at Subway. So she asked, oh, do you know so-and-so? She's the CTO at Subway. And the person goes, I, I made sandwiches there. So in her eyes, it was a little bit of, uh, I guess, a, a wake-up call, a reality check to the types of people um, that she had been working with or that were on the team that delivered this product and really, you know, saved her and, and saved the company. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot of work. I was part of that, uh, towards the tail end, part of that project. And, um, you know, people are still struggle with that, right? We have these preconceived notions of what success looks like and sounds like, and looks like, and you no, know, uh, Cadillac really underscored everything I previously believed. I come from a background of low education. Neither of my parents had a, a high school diploma. Um, I was the first one in my family ever to receive a degree. My sister was the first one to ever go to college. And we didn't have grants and uh, student loans and things like that. So I joined the military. That's where I learned my initial trade um, in IT. But the, um, the industry has a positive view of the military, right? Because it's disciplined and all these other things. Um, but, you know, if you say, oh yeah, I, I walked in off the street and I learned how to become a software developer in 20 weeks, um, people are dumbfounded by that. And that, that blows me away. And uh, the reason we're having this conversation and the reason I reached out to Michael was because with the renewed discussions around inequity, um, I just knew when I heard um, uh, Fidelity's uh, personal investing leader say that they were struggling to find uh, people in the category. She was specifically referring to women in technology. She was struggling to find applicants. There weren't enough. You know, my first thought was, well, Catalyte has a radar. They could just go look in the population and pick them out, and you can aim it at anybody any group you want and find it. And I, I think it was Jacob that said that, uh, uh, and I'm probably paraphrasing this, so uh, butchering the quote, but, um, you know, brilliance is equally distributed across all socio-ethnic and all slice it anyway, right? We all have something inside of us that makes us special and unique. And, um, you know, there are certain skill sets that are uh, abilities, natural abilities that, make a good software developer and uh, Catalyte has their thumb on the pulse of that. And, and uh, so I'm trying to get my current client to consider it, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah, you said the word, you know, look, or the, the preconceived notion of what a software developer looks like. And of course, I'm not referring to our faces, but really the, the look or the pedigree of where somebody 
came from. And I just saw on, on, on Twitter, actually, a, a rubric that some people at Twitter had used for hiring. And it said if you, weren't, you didn't come from one of these four schools, you were automatically disqualified. So it's, it's not understanding that the aptitude is out there. So when people are saying, oh, these types of people aren't applying, well, they probably are, but your screening software is rejecting them because they aren't checking the boxes that you're telling your screening software is needed for this position. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I love the way Michael says it, you know, well, he asks the question at the end of his video, you know, what happens to a company that relies on a resume? You know, um, I think a lot of uh, industry, a lot of companies now are seeing, Google is one of them, right? That, Maybe a degree is not the best indication of success, right? I have never mapped it out, but I'm betting that in a 20-week software development uh, training uh, that I went through, probably put as many hours in as I did for my degree. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 26 weeks now, so 26 weeks times five days a week times eight hours a day equals yeah, definitely the amount of time for at least an associate's, if not a full CS degree, I guess, depending on how how uh, long your labs are. Right, and we were thrown technology after technology after technology. I think in the first three weeks, we covered three different languages and five frameworks. Um, and then, you know, we finally settled on one that a certain unnamed client um, was, was in need of. You mentioned that quote from Fidelity about wanting to find a more diverse workforce. Yeah. You as a consultant at Eliasson Group, you're working with a lot of companies over time, getting a, a sneak peek into their, their IT shops or tech organizations. Do you think that more companies are, are getting it now, understanding what the problem is and what solutions are? Or is the hurdle still to get people to buy into this fundamental shift on how you discover, train, and advance tech talent? Well, that's a lot of questions packed in there. Uh, yes and no. You know, I, I think the thing that holds us back is our natural bias, right? Um, I, I guess that its roots are tribalism, right? Like you mentioned, if it's not these four schools, no interview, right? I haven't run into that yet. Um, but it is really common for people to, um, you know, look for the commonality, right? What are the things that, that I believe made me successful? Let me find that in the next candidate, right? Uh, as a former hiring manager, I, um, I know I had a tendency to hire people that were like me, right? Not that looked like me, but thought like me. And unfortunately, I had to fire one of them because uh, it was too much like me. <laughs> That's a story for another conversation. Um, but I think that, that there's movement being made in that. And I think that... Um, you know, just having a conversation helps, right? Because uh, a lot of people that I talk to, they don't really understand um, that there is a problem. It's hard to, to see a problem, you know, to fix a problem that you don't see. And um, I think maybe uh, Kathy Murphy um, helped some people see that there is a problem when she said there just aren't enough applicants. And, I, you know, I started spamming the whole company at that point. Um, to tell them that I used to work for this company that can find people, right? Because um, most companies, when they're looking for fresh, raw, new talent, they're looking at universities. And there are people out there um, that maybe have a similar background to me, maybe have even more challenges socially, um, that don't believe that that world is available to them, that, that lack hope, but are walking around with that it factor in them 
that'll make them fantastic at something, right? In this case, we're talking software development. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's the bulk of people, right? Um, I know when I went to college, uh, I was already working and I was going to school at night, but when it was time for me to choose to go to college after high school, I knew I wasn't ready, right? I think a lot of young people are not ready. They don't really know what they want to be yet, right? You have to discover that later on. And um, so there's a whole bunch of people out there that have degrees in something because someone told them that the degree is a secret to everything. But you know what? The world used to be made up of makers and software developers are makers and it requires innovation and free thinking. I think if anybody's going to carry this kind of message forward, it seems logical that it would be us, right? Because just in my lifetime, and uh, I won't tell you my age, but it's a lot, um, the whole world has changed, right? And it's accelerating so fast right now uh, that it's difficult to keep up. It's bewildering at times, you know, the amount of change that we're facing. And, you know, we don't adapt. We're not going to make it. I know that sounds dire. I don't mean we're not going to live. But I mean, we're not going to thrive in a world uh, if we see it as static and we just move boxes around and really no big changes, right? We have to change the way we think if we want some sort of a change to occur. It's an interesting paradox that the tech industry, which should probably be the most open to disruption, innovation, and everything else that founders spout in their VC pitch decks is actually one of the most closed off or closed minded industries in saying only these people will be successful because I'm saying only these people will be successful. I mean, our CEO, Jake, likes to talk a lot about how the titans of the tech industry wouldn't be hired by their own companies. You know, Steve Jobs was an English lit major at Reed College. Apple wouldn't hire him. Larry Ellison was a college dropout. Oracle wouldn't hire him. Bill Gates didn't graduate. Mark Zuckerberg was just a freshman who had only copied one website. So all of those who are the gatekeepers wouldn't even pass their own gatekeeping test. That's an interesting observation. It's telling though, isn't it? That we can we can be something different and, and then just not see ourselves, I guess. Yeah, it's really just pulling up the ladder behind you or thinking that, you know, I am the exception to the rule. But you know, people like yourself or anybody else at Catalyte, no, the, the exception is the rule. There are plenty of talented people out there just open up the aperture i mean all these companies are, are driven by data it, it makes sense that you know what look beyond just the four-year college degree you have a lot more talented people out there it's just basic math yeah and you know that's one of the things that i really enjoyed about catalyte as well um is that it's a pure meritocracy so we've talked about how companies are maybe changing their thinking on the, the demand side but what advice would you have to give to somebody sitting in your place now where you were when you found Catalyte, meaning someone who's just coming out of high school or maybe someone who wants to go to college but can't afford it and sees the college degree is the only way to get into the tech industry, someone who's looking to make that uh, mid-career shift as you did, like Dan, our head of trading, who was a contractor for 20 years, Alicia, uh, who's a great developer in our Baltimore office, who was a school teacher for 16 years. What advice do you give to people like that who are looking to enter into an industry that can still be kind of hostile to those people without a four-year CS degree from Stanford. Well, this is going to sound salesy, but shit, give Catalyte a call. 
take that as <laughs> I promise I'm not paying Carl anything. <laughs> no, I, I remember signing that document. I'm not, I get nothing out of this. But you know what? I really do. I do actually get one thing. And uh, this is the reason I'm, I agreed to do this interview is because uh, I want other people to see that uh, this is a viable option, right? And for those people, and I always use this example, for that young person standing on the stoop in front of their house and looking out over the hood and saying, and thinking that that's their world, that that's the world that they have to stay in, they don't, right? That six block radius of your house is not the world. And there is opportunity out there. And don't listen to the naysayers, right? Learn to code. Go, go take the assessment and give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. You don't have to borrow any money. You do have to have a little time on your hands, right? Uh, but the payoff is there, right? And, you know, for me, I'd gotten to that point where I was, uh, I was, I had given up, honestly, at some point during that 10 years, even looking for IT jobs. Why I, what made me reach for the browser that day and go to Craigslist, I don't know. Maybe it was an intervention. Maybe it was just dumb luck. I don't know. Um, but it was the best move I ever made. And, you know, when I look back at people that I was in the, in the training cycle with, right, there was a lady living right around the corner from me, right? She was this close to her degree, had a baby, broke her plan. Now she's a software developer, right? Guy sitting over on my left was a nighttime security guard. Right, he was working at night and coming to the training cycle during the day. A bus driver, right? A uh, guy working in fast food, right? I was soliciting donations for a charity. Right, was it? Uh, we had people with uh, that spoke English as a second language, right? It was it was incredible the amount of diversity that was in that room, and um, I just don't see why that can't continue and why that can't be our vehicle. Uh, to balance out our workforce. If we want our, if we are serious about wanting our workforce to be a mirror of the population that we serve, um, there are other ways than just doing career fairs at the university. And uh, this is one of them. I don't know how I can top that, so we're just going to go out on that note. Carl Bushing, uh, Scrum Master, Agile Coach Consultant at Eliasson Group. Catalyte alumni, thank you so much for having this conversation. And, you know, thank you for really uh, still blazing a path that others can follow to enter the tech industry through a, a non-traditional means like you yourself did. Well, thanks for the opportunity. 